welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. I am so excited to be back here today with you. It's going to be a great show. There's a lot going on in the world, and I am just so thrilled to be able to talk to you about what is going on in our country, in our world, and how we, as Americans, should approach things, deal with things, and really navigate relations with the world and within our own country. So without further ado, let's get into things. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is set to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin this month to discuss aiding Russia with weapons, according to the New York Times. Russia would like artillery shells and anti-tank missiles. North Korea wants technology for satellites and nuclear-powered submarines and support in the form of food for its nation. The United States National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said this about the situation. And we also have information, as we have indicated publicly, that North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un, has some expectation that those discussions will continue as we go forward, including leader-level discussions, perhaps even in-person leader-level discussions. Now, I can't get into all the details of what we know, but at the broad parameters, that is what we are seeing. Ongoing discussions and discussions where we have information that Uh, The leadership of North Korea sees this as potentially leading to leader-level engagement. According to Time magazine, Russia proposed carrying out naval exercises with China and North Korea. Fox News reported that the United States Air Force and Space Force worked together to test an unarmed Minuteman III intercontinental ballistic missile. The test took place at the Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. Now, this is a really interesting story, a lot focused on obviously foreign policy and how we have to deal with things going on in the world. Look, we have to be honest. We have to look at the situation of Russia, North Korea, and China working together. The United States, in my opinion, can't just sit out. We need to do something. We need to step up because if we see Russia go and take Ukraine What's going to happen next? We can't just say nothing's going to happen. We've seen that China wants Taiwan. We've seen what North Korea has done. We've seen issues with Iran as well in the Middle East. We've seen things that prove something could happen as well. And that's not to scare people. That's just to be honest with people. And that's what we need to do. We need a strong national security. And look, The Biden administration has failed on national security thus far. Look at the Afghanistan withdrawal we had. That was ridiculous and showed American weakness, not American strength. We should be projecting American strength, and we're not doing that right now. We are not doing that. President Biden isn't a strong leader and a powerful leader. He's just a leader who is sitting there, basically, and allowing things to happen. And while we are supporting Ukraine, doing different things... President Biden just doesn't project strength. There's nothing really about him that projects, wow, we need to be careful with that one. And that's something I think President Trump did well, is project strength, project American greatness. And while I don't agree with the former president on some things and his rhetoric, that was something I will say he did well in ensuring Americans were safe at home and abroad. And I think Joe Biden has really failed Americans on that among a lot of other things. But we must 
be honest with ourselves. We must just say, look what's going on. We need to be prepared as a country. We need to be prepared to support, and we need to be prepared on our own homeland as well to make sure we protect our people. That's what matters too, is protecting the American people, but also making sure that we are creating a safe world because we need a safe world. If the world isn't safe, America's not either. We are a part of this world. We live here. We have to deal with other nations. You can't just sit out. You can't just be on the sidelines and not talk to other countries. Doing that is useless and is less safe. Talking to other countries, having those relations, having allies, having strong allies is important. We need a president who understands that fundamental. We are really, really, really in a bad spot, in my opinion, right now. But we need it. We can't, and not just foreign policy, but economics, things like that. And we need a president who will go out, stand up for America, stand up for our values, and stand up for the principles that will make our country great and continue to protect our country. Because our country is great and has been great. But we need to ensure that we can continue this legacy of the American dream for so many generations to come. President Biden is off to India for the G20 summit coming up. While abroad, the president is also scheduled to visit Vietnam. According to AP News, the president hopes to showcase that the United States would be better partners than China. Vietnam's general secretary is expected to meet with Biden to work on economic relations between the two countries. China's president, however, will not show up to the G20 summit and opted to send his premier instead. Another notable person missing is Russian President Vladimir Putin. The United States National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, said this about the summit. The United States' commitment to the G20 hasn't wavered, and we hope this G20 summit will show that the world's major economies can work together even in challenging times. So as we head into New Delhi, our focus is going to be on delivering for developing countries, making progress on key priorities for the American people from climate to technology, and showing our commitment to the G20 as a forum that can actually, as I said before, deliver. The United States is attempting to offer an alternative to the Belt and Road Project China is providing. According to the New York Times, the project focuses on offering loans to countries that are poorer so that they can create ports, rail lines, and telecommunication networks. This all comes as Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo recently returned from a trip to China. Now, this is a big story as well, another foreign policy-esque story. We need to look at China as well. We talked about Russia. We've talked about North Korea. What about China? China is a big threat to the United States, both on a scale of let's look at um, trade and things like that and partnerships throughout the world, but also to our own security. We need to know that. We must know the whole situation going on. We've seen fentanyl crossing our border, killing innocent American lives. We see China send a balloon. We look up and we see a balloon in the sky. You should not be able to see that, and you should, we shouldn't be having that. We need to be tougher on China in those regards. But this is also a thing with partnerships. The United States needs to offer this alternative. We need to be a strong partner and show, hey, there are other alternatives to China. The United States is a great option. Here's what we can do. 
That's what we need to do. We need to be competing with China, not coddling up to China, which is what Gina Raimondo did and is what the Biden administration continues to do. The Biden administration is not tough enough on China, and we need to know that. We need to know that. Why? Because if we're not tough on China, China's just going to walk all over us. We can't let that happen. We cannot let that happen because we need to remain the source of strength and optimism and American freedom and the ideals of liberty and truth and justice for the world. And we need to know, look what China's done and look at what our businesses do too. They leave because it may be cheaper in other countries. Biden hasn't really helped. Our economy is struggling. I will say, as I said, under Trump though, companies we saw in America, we saw different steel production. We saw a lot of that. We need, we need to go back to really protecting our interests and putting things here, bringing jobs back to America. We need to support America. We need to put ourselves out there too. We need to sell ourselves to different countries and work with them and really create strong allies. As I keep saying, that's huge. Being able to have strong partnerships is a huge thing that I think can often go overlooked or just not emphasized, but it's something that is so crucial to how a nation operates and how a nation moves forward, not just in a foreign policy regard, but in trade, in economics, in things like that, because you need to have relations. You need to have these partnerships and discussions. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Biden does at this summit, what comes out of it, how meetings go with Modi in India and in Vietnam and all these different meetings that we're going to see take place. And there are a lot of issues coming to the forefront of the summit that I think we will get to hear from and see over time and how leaders are reacting to them, how they're working together, what the relations are, really showing us where the world is standing on certain things. And I think that is so important to know, really, not just where we stand, but where other countries stand as well and get their perspectives, hear them out, hear what their concerns are. That is a huge part of it as well. It's not just us there. We have to listen to other countries. We have to hear them out, hear feedback, hear how we can all do things on our parts to help the world become a better place and really just help our own citizens in each of our respective countries become better, do better, and be able to live healthy and productive lives. Now, COVID is back, and it is serving as a reminder as to what Americans went through in 2020. First Lady Jill Biden recently tested positive for the virus. According to The Hill, there has been an increase in the number of COVID cases and hospitalizations. President Biden will wear a mask when indoors and when around people who have the virus. The Hill reported on how this affects the elderly, specifically those in power, with the president being 80, Trump 79, and other leaders like Mitch McConnell and Dianne Feinstein, both over the age of 80, with McConnell being 81 and Feinstein being 90. According to the Washington Post, colleges are dealing with the increase in cases as well. However, going back to mandates and other regulations does not seem to be gaining much traction there. And it is important to remember from all of this a lot of facts. So I just want to get into some things. Look, I will be honest and I will tell you this. I think COVID-19 was a threat. It was something dangerous we needed to watch out for. Yes, we, it is a virus. It is something that killed people. And we should remember that. Every life lost should be remembered. This virus was 
terrible and did hurt a lot of people who got it. Some people died from it. It was awful. But also, let's remember this. Let's remember this. COVID didn't just stop there. COVID wasn't just about having the virus. It was about the lockdowns as well. And I want to talk about this because this is so important. And I think we need to look at this, especially going into 2024. We need a leader who will not put us back into lockdowns, in my opinion. We cannot. Why? Let's look at the numbers. According to the Pew Research Center, a poll from the National Assessment of Educational Progress showed that 61% of parents believe that the first year of the pandemic affected their children's education negatively. Of those saying this, 44% say it remains the same today, while 56 believe the effect was temporary. Emotional issues also remain at the tops of parents' minds, with 48% of parents suggesting that the first year of the pandemic negatively affected their child children's emotional health. 74% of that group, however, do say their children's emotional health has improved. Now let's look at this and just get into this. We cannot go into another set of lockdowns. Look, I believe we need to protect the public, we need to protect the elderly, which people like our leaders, which is also concerning me as well as like, how are they going to handle things? But I'm going to get to that in a minute. But anyways, we cannot, and we do need to be safe. We need to have protective measures, make sure certain people and certain groups are protected properly from this. Cause obviously it's a thing I think that we're going to deal with every year. So it's going to be like a seasonal thing I feel like, or just, just going to be here, but we cannot do this to our children. Again, you look at that and you say, how far do our children have to get behind for us to realize what we did. We cannot let our children get more and more behind. Making up education is hard. Learning is hard. If you miss those critical foundations, how are you going to build it later? How? You need a strong education. You do. It's just something that people need and should be able to have. And by keeping our children home, kindergartners, first graders, whatever grade our children are, why? Why should we keep them home? They need to be in the classroom learning in person from a teacher. They need to be able to understand these things in person. And I want to also focus on the emotional side of this. We have a mental health crisis in this country. We do. You have to admit that. And we need to deal with this crisis. We need to deal with it. We can't just sit by and watch what happens happens. We need to deal with it head on. And I think that this COVID issue did really heighten some of this the mental health crisis. I think we need to make sure we are providing resources to children. We need to ensure that children have the resources they need for mental health. We need to destigmatize mental health. We need to make sure people know it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to get help. It's okay to go to therapy. We need to focus on those things. We need to give access to therapy. We need to make sure schools have access to therapy because that is where this starts on that end. But on the educational end, we need to focus on test scores, looking at where did kids struggle, how can we fix that? But it's not just about test scores. This isn't about test scores. It's about students and people. It's about children. It's not just about a test score, but looking at those, seeing where things are falling, what types of students are falling behind on certain things, where they're falling behind, maybe reading and math, focusing on those things, looking at different grade levels in different states and how different states' lockdowns affected students is also a huge thing. We can't just let this go unanswered. We deserve answers on this, and we deserve to do that. But also, more importantly, our children deserve the best from us. Our children deserve proper education. They deserve to go to school to learn. They deserve to have 
a strong education. They deserve to have an education that is in-person and engaging and helps them be able so that they can pave a way forward to achieve the American dream. Education is huge in that. Education is a key to that, key opportunity. And we must do that. And I want to focus a little bit on the age of our members. I think that's also something we need to watch and be weary of, as I said last week with Mitch McConnell freezing up. Like, these things are concerning with age. We have a lot of members who are older and presidents, who are older candidates, who are older. That should be something we do consider. It's important to consider. And while I do respect all the contributions these people have made, there's a time when it is time to move on or... There's a time when you need to know it's time you to step aside. People are career politicians nowadays. We don't need career politicians. And that that is even younger members too, so that's a whole different issue. But like the older ones especially, and also just for their safety and all of that, I think it, we need to be careful. And also I think I really think this is going to be interesting. What happens if there do become lockdowns again? Really, how does voting work in the House? How does McCarthy deal with it? We will see leadership, I think, very different from what we saw with Nancy Pelosi. And I I think it's going to be really interesting to see that. And the accountability we see also from House Republicans is has been impressive, as I said last week. Really seeing where that all goes is also a big thing we really need to focus on and look at as time goes on. According to a Fox News report, a part of the northern border has seen more migrant apprehensions this year than in the last 10 years combined. There have been issues from people from 76 countries that amounted to a total of 6,100 apprehensions. In 2022, there was a total of just over 1,000, and in 2021, just 365. Numbers across the northern border are up as well. This fiscal year was 7,633 by the end of July. This is a significant increase from the past few years, with 2022 having a total of 2,238 and 2021 with 916. The Biden administration agreed to a deal with Canada earlier this year that would bring illegal immigrants trying to cross the border either way back across the border into the country they were trying to leave. According to a March story from NBC, a lot of the immigrants come from Mexico to travel from Mexico to Canada. A person does not need a visa so they can get there and then cross into the United States. Now, that's from a story in March of this past year for your information. But I want to focus on this for just a minute. This We have a border crisis, but it's at both borders. I think we need to realize that this isn't just a southern border thing. We need a strong Protection at our northern border as well. I think we always focus on the southern border because of the media and the huge surge we see there. But also the northern border is important too. It affects Americans as well. It affects people. And we need to deal with that too. And I think the Biden administration needs to go more and help and we need more border security support there. And I think that this whole situation is just very scary for our country and dealing with like we have to deal with both these borders and make sure our own people are safe. And... We need to protect our country, our people, and make sure that people cross legally. That's the thing. People need to cross legally. We need that to be done. We need enforcement of that. We need these regulations on things because we need borders. Borders are what make a country. You don't. If you have no borders, are you really a country? You might want to consider that. Also, we need strong borders to protect our own people. This isn't to say we shouldn't have legal immigration. We should have legal immigration. People should be coming here to chase the American dream legally. That's the difference. 
legally. We need to have a process for that. We need to make sure people are coming in legally, getting the right papers done, all of that, before they come here. Because we've seen issues at our southern border with fentanyl. We've seen issues with trafficking. All of this, we cannot. How many lives is too many lost for our administration to realize that? It's too many already. It should have been too many when one person, when it was one person. Because every life is important. Every life is important. And that's what we need to realize on this issue. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Hard on the Hill. I am so happy that you decided to take a listen. There were a lot of things going on in our world, in our country right now, but I just want to leave you with this, that there is hope moving forward. We are not just so divided that we can't come back. I truly believe that. I think our country is still the greatest pillar of liberty and freedom that the world has seen. I think we exhibit these beautiful ideals and that we continue to make and strive for a more perfect union daily and that we need to continue doing that. We are so blessed to live in this country and I want people to just realize that even as the news I said, there's a lot of stuff going on, but we can move forward. We need to move forward and we need to move forward striving towards that more perfect union and a more beautiful America day by day. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And this is Heart on the Hill.